Hello and welcome to the fifth episode of Media Will Eat Itself, where we showcase the people behind modern content creation. Each episode, we'll discuss the things that make media tick, talking to professionals from all walks of life. It's a media show about media people, and I'm your host, Sean Weston. Joby Sessions is a professional photographer who has made the transition to videography by virtue of his understanding of his craft, but also of the changing landscape of freelance opportunities. He recently leapt into the exciting world of freelancing, starting his own company with his partner Louise called 120 Pictures. I visited Joby at his home in Bath on a particularly rainy day and with the newest member of his family listening in, Reg, the Jack Russell puppy. Today's episode is about discovering Joby's journey into photography, how he adapted to the advances of technology and the changing demands of the job, and how his advice might help you find your own way in the world of photography. Um, I'm Joby Sessions, I'm um, a freelance photographer, um, and along with my partner we are 120 Pictures. Fantastic, and that's a very recent thing for you as well, isn't it? Yeah. Setting up your own thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, how's that feel? It's good. It's it's nice to be able to give yourself the uh, titles of director. It's quite nice. Um, so we're a limited company, so we do everything. So it's all far more involved than when I was yeah, younger. I was a sole trader for a very brief period of time. I was twenty one, and you know uh, struggled with tax returns. But now, like I've got an accountant and VAT returns and things like that. It's all very grown up. It is Finally, very grown up, yeah. yeah. And, and it is interesting also that, that we haven't actually, in this series so far, we've talked about media and we've talked yeah. about the skills that you have and we haven't actually talked about what's it like to be a sole trader, what's it actually like to set up your own company. And, yeah. and that's another set of skills completely on top of what you already know as, as a professional. Yeah, and, and creatives don't tend to be very good at it. No. Um, <laughs> they, you, you, and, you know, I think that people... Um, I once uh, uh, spoke to a university uh, about a lecturing job and um, years ago, and they said I probably wouldn't be you know, suitable because uh, you needed to be a, a displaying artist to uh, to sort of qualify for the job because they wanted like an artist in residence. But I would be very suited to a BTEC lecturer because that teaches you more about working as a photographer, which I found was a really interesting thing. So it will teach you the business side of things mm. because it's chasing invoices um, insuring public liability all of those things mm. are something you gloss over because you just think oh I just want to take pictures but actually that's such a small part mm. of it um, protecting yourself in the business and your cash flow is yeah. well you can't survive without it I hope you don't mind me asking me what software do you use do, do you keep um, the books through your own software or do you just hand everything over on a spreadsheet to your accountant we've recently that that's how it was louise um was because she's um i was obviously employed as a um staff um for the last sort of uh 10 12 years actually longer than that um and louise has been freelance her whole career and um so she's always been far more experienced at running the business and um, that side of things. But we've recently been introduced to QuickBooks. QuickBooks, yeah, yeah. Other softwares are available. One of the big players, isn't um, it? Yeah, <laughs> and um, uh, and now we're getting our heads around it. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, you can invoice straight out of it. There's a lot of a one-stop shop kind of thing to it. It tells you when people are overdue, which is really regular. Mm. Um, unfortunately, and um, yeah, and it's, you know you can just plug in what terms you have with certain companies, and 
It's, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a big. I'm deal. using free agent. I don't know if you've heard of that. One. Free agents go around, and then the zero. Everyone seems to be using zero, oh, and these okay. are the, sort of the the, the big. Um, I think zero is just huge right. at the moment, but it, it's great hmm. that we've got these things now, the tools that we didn't have many many years ago. Yeah, and now we can be a freelancer, and have, everything's a little bit easier. Even HMRC. Is trying to make things. Everything's online. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. It's really great. But let's go back to your skill set. Yeah, you're a photographer. You're a professional photographer. So how yeah. did you get started in that? Um, mostly by accident, really. Um, I moved from Surrey to to Somerset and, and changed college uh, when I was sort of seventeen and um, looked at what the local college did in courses, and I wanted to. I originally wanted to go quite academic, um, but it was an arts college and um, I changed my mind when I saw that I wanted to do theatre and acting um, I always fancied being a scriptwriter, so I had that and then media studies had just started as a thing um, I, I, I think it's probably changed its name now but that was like a bit of video a bit of journalism a bit of the, mm. you know, everything is A level uh, so I chose that as well and then my third A level I couldn't really decide so I took photography because I thought it would sit as another creative mm-hmm. And I never really got on with it. I'll be honest. I didn't have a very, um, I didn't have a very inspiring lecturer, um, and so it never really became a thing that I took much notice of. Didn't do very well at A level. But when I left and I couldn't decide where to go to university, um, I really fancied being a journalist. I quite fancied writing, and a job came up for a trainee photographer at a local newspaper, and I thought, well, brilliant. I'll apply to that. And I'll get in there if I could get the job because the money was terrible, so I had a chance. Um, and uh, I went in thinking I could sidestep, which I tried a couple of times because I got the job, sidestep into the journalism. And I tried a couple of times, didn't stay with photography. And the next thing I know, I kind of just sort of became okay at it. People liked what I did. I got to go out a lot, I got to photograph Somerset Cricket Club every day of the season. Uh, yeah, and it just got better and better and better. And so you were you were self teaching at that yeah. point. So every new job that you got, you were learning something different about your craft. Absolutely. Um, I I left college. I mean, it, it's laughable now because obviously I started on film. It wasn't you know now digital gives you a lot of leeway to practice and be able to immediately see where you're going wrong on a job or so you can develop as you're doing a shoot. You can learn um, rather than waiting the few days for your uh, for your shots to come back and then learning and trying making notes yeah um, so I came out of college I'd never used a flash gun before and I'd never used um, anything other than the, the, the standard lens I had at college okay. I'd really taken no notice and because the, the, the newspaper had been so short staffed they were, as soon as I got there they are like right you're off you're out and so suddenly I'm face to face with Taunton's mayor doing some check presentation or something with 20 people I'm 18 years old, 19 years old, <laughs> and I've got to somehow uh, corral a group of people together, photograph them, expose it, fill it in with flash if I needed to, take everyone's names, the do all that. Is on. The pressure's on, and, and, and it, I, 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 I owe, there's two stages in my career. I owe everything to that job, being able to deal with people mm. and deal in high volume jobs, you know, and um, short times. Uh, working to a very short time frame mm. and uh, a guy who I worked with later who taught me pretty much everything I knew uh, about two years three years later 
So being thrown into the deep end is, is beneficial, in, in, certainly in um, many, many fields, but, but photography in particular is very technical, isn't it? It's very be, technical. You can yeah. fall flat on your face. Absolutely, well, with, particularly with film. When, when, and a great grounding, and it's what um, uh, to me quite good stead is on the technical side, you can't get more technical really than um, when you're shooting medium format transparent um, E6 tranny film. Which, what, what does that mean? So, um, slide film. So, you remember oh, slides yeah. for the slideshow and, and things like that. So, there's C, there was C41 and E6, and C41 is color neg, mm. 35mm. Um, or medium format and then E6 which is the process is a slide so it's it's a non-reversed far higher quality um, uh, and you'd have to shoot within a stop stop and a half no, no sorry no sorry about half a stop difference to or uh, above or below so your exposures with light meters and all that mm. sort of stuff which have no one uses a light meter anymore. Okay. No one reads because they're all inbuilt on the camera. Yeah, and, it kind and of takes care of it for you to well, a degree. To a degree, but to also you can just take a quick picture. Like you used to take a Polaroid. Yeah, pull a Polaroid, but now you can just see it immediately on your screen, and you make your adjustments looking at the back of your screen. Yes, um, and then you're away. You yeah. can you can make really sh- quick decisions. Mm. You can show your person you're photographing what they look like immediately. Mm. So that immediately you can build up a trust thing. You're not making them look stupid. You're making them look good or they can agree with what you're doing. So, yeah, it's changed wildly. Um, and, uh, yeah, with film, it was much more sort of uncertain art. Well, we're touching on it there about what, what photography the in, as an industry uh, was when you first joined and, mm. and using film and what it is now. So yeah. let's expand on that a little bit more in terms of what your experience is of how it's changed. And, and would you say it's changed... Um, in a short space of time or was it a gradual thing and what about the boom of the last three or four years in terms of technology and how that's affected the industry um, the industry goes through has gone through with, the, with digital um, a number of sort of false steps with uh, and worrying times for photographers because you feel like oh this is the stage where photographers become redundant or maybe this is the time that, you know, because technology moves and moves and moves um, but every time it sort of ends up, the technology only goes gives you so much, and a photographer gives you that extra element of composition, of lighting, um, of relationships and reactions, and uh, you know the the extra thing that the, the, the cameras just cannot give you. Mm. But the uh, when it all kicked off in I don't know two thousand two, I want to say when it, it almost changed overnight. Suddenly everyone was using digital. It was far cheaper for the client because you're not charging rolls of film. Yes. But not. it was much more expensive for the photographer because the next best roll of film was another three quid, you know, four quid. Mm. The next best camera was three or four thousand pounds. So for that, that changed dramatically. It suddenly became a very expensive thing to, um, uh, to come up with. And then you've got your addition of storage, Max, and all that sort of mm. stuff. So for a photographer, it's become a far more expensive process um, or industry to be in um, but um, the biggest let me think the biggest change was I think the speed of turnaround and the expectations from clients I think because before you would get more time uh, to turn around images because you'd have to send them away they'd come back and, and they understood and that they process understood that. Yeah. yeah and also once you had a job and you sent it off your kind of your work was done. You just had to sit there and worry and hope that they, they, the, the shots would come back okay. 
But now you get home and you are working late into the evening, downloading, processing, backing up, storing, archiving, and the client will ring you and go, can I can I have some contact sheets tomorrow or can I have a, the images tomorrow? Oh. So your job, just your days are just getting longer and longer and longer. Mm. But then on the flip side of that, you're the, the, the fear, that horrible fear of sending away images, uh, rolls of film. And then coming back. And, and then coming back terrible. and you're just, you're just always that hope that they would come back okay. Mm. So there's pros and cons. There are pros and cons to it, yeah. <laughs> and I'm not going to pretend that I would... I, a lot of photographers say, oh, the good old days... And then you, when you really start talking to them, digital has far more benefits mm. than film, I think. Yeah. Well, um, the other things that have changed in, in the industry, how have you had to adapt um, as a professional photographer, um, say, over the last few years? Have you had to adapt your game? Have you had to change it very much? Um, Photoshop. It's been, you know, the, the um, Photoshop and uh, your raw development and and processing uh i feel because of the generation of photographers that are coming out now as well um never been never dealt with film uh, maybe as a hobbyist they have but never professionally um they some of them start with the mac and the photography comes later so mm. they are some of these guys are just excellent photoshop workers yeah. and 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 um can can uh, build that into their workflow from the other end so they just get the basic shots and they can magic them into something else. Coming from a traditional, more traditional background, I suppose, or more of a purist, I'd like to say, um, I will get the shot as much as I can in camera and then I put very little afterwards. Mm. But people are expecting more and more now. Um, Hyper-reels. Yeah, hyper-reel, lighting, and, you know, last week I was dragging my lighting up, you know, Glencoe Mountain to photograph it to get a certain look. So, but then you want to be able to retouch it because you want to send over your images in the best possible light, really. You, you, you find yourself doing more and more. There are professional retouchers out there, but if, if budget allows, but otherwise you're, you're a lot of it, you know, um, a lot of retouching falls down to the photographer now. Mm. And I find myself doing more and more of that. Right. Um, Whereas some, perhaps in the past you handed it over to absolutely. somebody and they did all the software bit. Yeah, um, and, um, you know, well, you know, particularly with film, but yeah, in the last few years, I just, I just feel that because of, maybe because of Instagram and the, and the, the trends in the way photos look, heavy vignettes, uh, oversaturated filters, colours. Lots of filters. Lots of filters. Yeah. So I think when people see a raw image that's just come straight off the camera, mm. it's going to look pretty boring. Um, uh, a bit like mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm shooting yeah. raw because I know the picture's not going to be that great, but I can compose the shot, yeah. and then I know that I can adjust the exposure later absolutely. on. And, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and so every professional, um, uh, unless you're doing you know some massive um, event job, I'm sure um, will shoot raw because it gives you yeah the parameters you can. You know, you can rescue shots and you can save highlights. It's amazing what can happen now. You know, you can the, the dynamic range has changed the game again. You know, the latest cameras can you can recover so much from shadows now. Um, it, it really is it's amazing. I'm I'm trying to embrace. I used to be scared of that because I used to think that like, that's me out of a job or me closer to losing a certain amount of work. No, you've got a head start. Absolutely. Yeah. So so that's how you've got to look at it. You've got to look at it. And go well. Now my tools are getting better. I will become better because of it and I will push myself further and further ahead than you know people that are just shooting stuff 
for you know uh, for free because a lot of you know free photography around people wanting to make their name in it yeah. but uh, you, you know with the experience and all the, um, the situations I've found myself in with the better tools you can make that job even better and that's how I've got to and how I think people should approach it rather mm. than being scared of it making photographers obsolete it's just making them be able to achieve better and better results so tell me about the path uh, that you would have to go through skill wise from photography to videography because you were also exploring if, if not having worked in videography mm -hmm. for quite some time now yeah. tell me about that leap was it a big leap or is it something that has actually come natural to you um, I think a natural interest in film um, it, it it sort of come naturally. It's an interesting thing because um, I've now, once again, a bit like how digital was uh, with its full starts. Everyone thought it was the best thing. Then no one wanted it. Then people wanted it again. You know, um, in the early days, a bit like video. Clients want video. They don't know how to make. They don't know how to quantify how much it should cost. Um, if it does make the money, no one knows if it works. Everyone seems to need the content, but the people aren't. Mm. People need to be seen to be doing video at the moment. It's a very sort of trendy thing. Loads of nearly every article now is embedded with video on every website. So there's a lot of video work out there. So as a as a as a freelance photographer, you'd be if you can if you have the skill set or the ability to do it, you should take it on because there's a, you know there's a lot of work out there and it can be really interesting work. So the skill set seems to I don't know many videographers that have fallen back into photography or back made the sidestep into photography yeah. but I know a lot of photographers who've done it the other, they've way. Done the other way around I don't know what that is if it's a skill set thing or just a natural progression or the DSLR thing I don't know mm. but yeah I so, say um, a few photographers I know have gone over um, because that was a turning point I hope you don't mind me yeah. interrupting it, the SLRs becoming the de facto video yeah. rather than the camcorder yeah. so that must have been a, a bit of a step change where different people started using it yeah. the photographers said well that's the camera I've been using for years yes yeah, so you're naturally uh, the ergonomics of it yeah. make uh, I mean they are really you know, camcorders and you know, video cameras are brilliant at what they do right? yeah. and DSLRs are not you have to put all sorts of attachments to have follow focus and but it was all about that look that short depth of field full frame so it was all like that so everyone cinema. went <laughs> everyone suddenly was like wow I can have a cinema film on this tiny camera so and now video cameras are copying the chips and the look of yeah. the DSLR so doing it through on. software perhaps perhaps or, or, just, you know, yeah. or sharing chip yeah. right? so um, so uh, what were we saying? The um, it was a step change. The step change, and, yeah. And, and it was easier for photographers to do it. Yeah, it seemed to be. It seemed to. It's more, more. Whether it's easier or not, more did it. I don't mm. know. You know. Um, and uh, well, they saw the opportunity. They saw the opportunity. Yeah. And what what falls into the hands of photographers in a way um, is lighting, composition. So you you suddenly find that whenever I've handed in video. And I've seen it compared to what they've done before. If one's done by a videographer and one's done by a photographer, I always find that the composition is different. Uh, photographers tend to offset any interview subject rather than centering them in the screen. Certain things, just little things that you can probably tell if someone has a photographic background rather than a video one. Um, and I've also found that... Um, to rule of thirds, you see rule of thirds more in, in, in uh, videography by 
yeah. people who have that eye, that, that training, that yeah. background. And, yeah. and, and my stuff always has room to the left or the right because I'm so editorially based or have been for so long that mm. I always seem to leave room for text, even in my family photos. I leave room <laughs> text. But, um, the, um, well, I'll come to that in a second okay. because that's an interesting <laughs> one. Yeah. The, the, um, uh, so the, but the, the key, I think, and something that the company I worked for before, um, because you had to sort of, they were very encouraging of being a jack of all trades, trying stuff out. And I've done video, this is how I got into the video. Suddenly they needed video, they didn't have a video team. They were like, photographers used at DSLRs. So next thing I'm going to, I had to go, to, my first job was in Los Angeles, um, videoing a guitarist. And, and then through that, so I learned very quickly how to use a DSLR to video, to edit in Final Cut. Um, and to do audio, because that's the other thing as well. Is 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 audio a is a whole everything. new industry? Yeah, a whole new skill set. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I would never say that I'm an audio expert, but I feel like I can get. I'm getting better, but I, because of the way you know, but it'd be lovely to have a sound guy, um, on every job. But you know the way budgets are, mm. and if you're doing a bit of video, a bit of photography. I've bought myself enough kit. I've got a couple of nice mics. I've got a couple of, you know, so once more, more investment, more kits. But um, at the end, if your if your audio sounds okay in, a, in an interview, you can get away with an awful lot more, you know, on the photography side of it. But the photography side of it tends to take care of itself because I think I know how to frame something and I know how to light it. Mm. So if I can get the audio right, then th- there's no reason to not employ me for... You know, um, sure. for, 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 for solid interview work or pieces to camera. Yeah, yeah. Right, let's come back to Instagram. Let's yeah. come back to your opinion of social media as well, because mm-hmm. social media has done many things. It's introduced people to photography to, yeah. to say, you can take a picture too and you can share it with the world. Um, and, and I liked that little thing you have in you where you leave room for text. Mm. That's what Instagrammers do, right? Because yeah. th- there's a story now. It's, yeah. it's a lot about story, not necessarily great compositions, but what you want to say to your audience. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me, what you, what's your opinion on social media? Do you embrace it? Have you got an Instagram account? I have an Instagram account. Um, uh, I think it's at Joby Sessions, I think. I do use, I mean, I do post on it. I, I put more pictures of my dog on at the moment. Um, I've, I've always had a bit of an issue with social media. I know it's really important and I know that it can really build your brand, which is another term I really am uncomfortable using. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm, I struggle with bragging a lot. And, that, and I, I don't know where self-promotion starts then that blends into bragging into and I'm sure it's not and I'm just probably being very sensitive about it but over the last 15 years I've been really really lucky in being in positions where I'm hanging hanging out no I'm going to use that term I'm working with really well known people mm-hmm. shooting very very famous people um, or in really interesting places and I just there's that part of me that cannot post and cannot post stuff like look at me I can't I personally can't sure. do it however people that can do it and do it really well I think it's probably a brilliant thing it's a great skill it's all part of the modern uh, it should be embraced people should do it mm. just because I struggle to do it I think I've got 200 posts hardly any good. yeah it's and how yeah. long have you had the account years years and oh, years right. <laughs> uh, I actually I might be lying about that actually it might be much much less than that I, I can't remember um, you have to um have a look at it. I haven't got many followers. 
Okay. Um, but then I, I put very little I, hashtagging. I'm not great at hashtagging. Um, so Which you've got to be a master at. Honestly, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Otherwise, no one's going to look. Uh, but but in, in terms of you actually starting your own company, hmm. you know, Instagram could become that marketing team that you can't afford. I agree, yeah. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I cannot. And, and, and Louise um, isn't a huge social media fan either. I think... Especially um, with your skills as well. Instagram is made for your skills. I know, I know. But, uh, but then I, I am wondering whether that puts more pressure on me. There is so that. there is. So I always feel like I take a picture. And I tell you what, I, actually, I tell you what, the most crippling fact is I made the move from Apple to Android. Okay. So I didn't want to go all out because I was just going freelance. So I didn't want to spend too much on a camera. So I thought, oh, 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 sorry, on a camera, there you go, on a phone. And <laughs> camera, sorry, I can't tell the difference anymore. Um, and I thought I will buy the Google Pixel 2 or one of the ones with a really fancy camera on Amazing it. Amazing camera. Amazing camera, yeah. right? The Samsung's going to be brilliant. But I thought, what if I hate Android? Because I've been Apple my whole mm. life. All my computers are Apple. So I went for a cheap option. Uh, and... I now have to go and buy an, a, a better option. I like Android, but my camera on the phone, mm. which will remain nameless... Doesn't cut the mustard. It is... I mean, it's dreadful. Is it's, it really? Yeah. So I have to put so much filter on it to make it look even passable. Right. And then you're just I, degrading the, the... Yeah, and then it just looks, looks bad. And as a photographer, if you put anything out there, you've got to kind of, you know, at least have something about your picture. So I think that's also holding me back a little mm. bit. Or at least that's the excuse I'm using, is my, my work or my new phone isn't good enough well can we stay online for a minute because I'd yep. like to ask your opinion of the the surge of stock photography um, the internet has just created so many avenues mm. for for not even professional photographers but enthusiasts to make a little bit of money yep. from, from what they do um, what's your take on stock photography are the good guys out there are we being ripped off as, as creatives or is it a pretty good playing field I think it's a pretty good playing field because I think people will only pay money for good quality images and uh, as long as people are getting paid for it I think I think um, I, I have no problems with amateur professional whoever is creating any sort of content if it's good bad or indifferent as long as when someone uses it someone gets paid somewhere along the line if that's through a stock library and agency taking 70-80% of whatever it is at least someone's getting some money somewhere yeah. my biggest problem is any sort of libraries or, or, or stock photography or any sort of publications that work on the free and the credit basis. Yeah. I understand things for starting off, but I just, I, I had a conversation the other day and someone, a guy came in, his daughter, really keen photographer, obviously very good, has done some paid work, but the pressure on her to give stuff away for free, to get into magazines still, because I know magazines are struggling, mm. But it's just not on. I mean, it really no. isn't. It's, it's the taking advantage. Absolutely, and you, you know, your your price very rarely goes up in this industry. Mm. If you start off with a day rate, it's very rare that you can go back in and say, "Actually, I've just decided I'm worth another couple of hundred pounds a day." That doesn't happen. Mm. Or if it does, it's very, very rare. Um, you can only go down. So if you start at free, you're going to struggle to get off of free, or you're you're, you're going to struggle to be seen as anything other than someone that you can take advantage of and it's very hard to push on yeah. after that have you come across Pickfair? I haven't no, no. I, f I found out about it a few weeks ago when I joined up I I'll just leave you with that Pickfair. Okay. you should look it up yeah. it's a little different than your normal stock photography and you make 
the money from it. It's, but that's it's a little it's, more, yeah. Yeah, because you can't shoot. Because I find, you know, the, well, it's, there are some really talented people on, on Instagram. You see all the time. You see people that are just genuinely very good. A lot of people are very natural um, uh, photographers. Um, and if you rely on the your standard, uh, like Getty and all that sort of stuff for your imagery, more often than not, things are either too over-polished or you know, to find certain things to accompany articles or something like that that you want a more naturalistic thing you're going to you need more options mm. and you can never have enough options mm. so if you're relying on if the, the more the merrier is basically the short answer really yeah, yeah. for me but I'd say as long as someone's getting paid somewhere and you are valued as a content creator or as an artist if you want to go that far then then I'm all for it we're, we're running out of time as with most of these conversations they just fly by yeah. so I'd like uh, you, if if you can, if I can put you on the spot, um, the best advice that you would give to people who uh, would like to perhaps make a career in mm-hmm. photography, um, but they're, they're not quite sure how to go about it, and they think perhaps they need to spend an awful lot of money on it or go to university. What what sort of advice would you give to those people? Um, I didn't go to university, so I would immediately say you don't need to go to university. Um, I I would always advise people to do. Uh, to do what I did, which is uh, local newspaper. I mean, it's pretty... So it's, you know, it's the um, local newspaper. If that doesn't work, go and assist. Once again, that's getting harder because budgets... One of the frustrating things with photography budgets is people don't tend to budget for assistance anymore. You know, it, uh, it seems to be a dying... That's something they trend. want for free. That's <laughs> a, yeah, and, and that's fine. I mean, that that is OK because your, your trade-off is you are learning. Yeah. And I assisted for a couple of years and I owe my entire career pretty much to one guy um, uh, in, in, in Tour and Google, Trevor Barrett, who was brilliant at, with me. It's an apprenticeship. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And he, he was incredibly open um, and just told me everything and I just went along on these amazing shoots with him and learned so much. So if you can get hold of that, Brilliant. Um, coming out of university, I think is 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 will not be enough because um, uh, they won't teach you the how to fulfil a like a really tight brief. How for, to do a wedding, you know, exactly, yeah, so. and all that sort of stuff. You know, and, and you could be the best photographer in the world, but if you can't work under pressure or to a certain time frame, you're not going to get any jobs that pay. Mm. Um, but my biggest advice is who you want to work for. Look at what they already shoot. And shoot that for your portfolio. Don't go into places with your college work or your university work, fine art, photography, and go into a music magazine or a guitar magazine because people want to see that you can do what they want. And as creative as the art director is, he hasn't got time or she hasn't got time to just kind of take the risk or you know uh, send you on a job where they have no genuine proof that you've done anything like that before yeah. you're not going to get stuck in front of a rock star mm. if all you've got is was it my old boss used to say um, a picture of fish heads down a toilet you know the standard sort of documentary photography <laughs> college work they're not going to that, they won't make that transition you know they won't make that connection so see what you want to work for go out build your portfolio replicating the stuff not replicating completely but your own twist on it but things that are relevant 
I've seen too many portfolios that are completely irrelevant. And that's great advice as well, because that can apply across so many different industries yeah. as well, can't it? So we have come to the end, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So uh, can you tell us how we get in touch with you? How do we find you? Uh, well, Instagram, obviously, uh, at Joby Sessions, I think is at Joby Sessions. Just put in my I'll name. I'll find that for you and I'll put it under put the Put it under, under the thing, that'd be great. But my website, well, our website is um, 120pictures.com. Um, and um, yeah all our contact details are on, on there and that's Brilliant. being updated as we speak as well well thanks very much for doing this no thanks for having me that was Joby Sessions you can find him at 120pictures.com and on Instagram at Joby Sessions if you want to know more about becoming a professional photographer or videographer I hope this was a useful episode and that it's inspired you in some way I'd love to hear from you so do get in touch I've enjoyed reading all of your positive messages and learning more about your own lives in media. If you've had fun listening, feel free to rate the show on iTunes or leave comments in whatever podcast player you use. And I'll see you for the next episode.